Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 87 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder is the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. We also help you get the word out via social media posts and high-quality branded videos, all customized for your business and content. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Site Builder. Tech Site Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. Learn more at techsitebuilder.com. All right, guys, today uh, on the show, we're going to dig into the archives of the computer business marketing group on Facebook and talk about some of the things that you guys are talking about. Uh, so one of the topics we're going to cover is how to uh, some of the lessons that Paco learned about setting up a drop-off location if you work from home or if you're only working part-time. Something else we're going to talk about is how to pre-sell future services at an existing sale. So uh, these are going to be some of the topics we talk about because honestly, the guest that we have scheduled for today ended up dropping out in the middle of the call. So this was a very interesting one, but we're super excited that we were able to still put some super valuable content in this episode. So stick around all that and so much more coming up right now. All right, everyone, welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to be to learn how to get more customers, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday, I'm sorry, every other Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page Click on the following tab and select see first so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. Good catch there. Yeah, we, we just <laughs> uh, we uh, just changed just this uh, last week. We changed the schedule of the show. So now instead of every week, we're doing it every other week. Um, and that's just so that, you know, we can make sure we get the best guests for you and we're not always scrambling to find people. And um, Paco and I are busy, too. And so we're able to take care of our customers and uh, and give you a great quality show. So hopefully you guys didn't miss us too bad last week. Um, it's also going to help us build up the stories. So two weeks is a, is a lot of time to be able to get some client stories and some marketing stories for you. Uh, first, I just wanted to um, introduce myself. Uh, I'm Matthew Rodella. I own a web development business, and I come from an IT business background. So I build websites, I do SEO, uh, and I have a little service called Tech Site Builder that a lot of you guys are a part of, um, where we host and secure and maintain your uh, computer business websites. And you just pay us a small monthly fee to do that. And then you can build it out however you want it. Uh, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I love doing it. And uh, I love hanging out with my co-host here, Paco LeBron, who is thawing himself out uh, after this uh, cold snap here a couple days. How are you doing over there, Paco? Cold snap, man. <laughs> I, know, um, that's, I don't know so, what to call it. It's a- <laughs> so, you know, and before the show, we were uh, kind of comparing uh, temperature uh, war stories. And I think you said what you were at negative five yeah. yesterday. And that's, yes. that's after wind chill. 
after wind chill. So then um, apparently, so for me, it was uh, negative 25 degrees uh, without the wind chill. With the wind chill, it was negative 50. So apparently it was reported that it is colder than, I think it was Antarctica. It was colder than on um, Siberia. And it was one other place. I forgot exactly what it was. But essentially, it was to the point where people were either losing power in certain areas of their homes or they're going outside with boiling boiling water in pans and just throwing them in the air to see it just vapor into mist. That's how cold it was. Just that is insane. So that's that's probably is that the coldest you've experienced while living there? Yes, it's the cold. Yeah. I believe it's the coldest that it's been. I think ever. I think I got to double check how <laughs> right? many. It's how, how records, many years? Huh? Yeah, it's it's broken records. It's it Same. was really bad. Well, this yeah. is uh, if if only this were the uh, the meteorologist's podcast, we could spend the whole. The whole episode talking about that, but we we have an IT podcast. Uh, so, what have you been up to these last couple of weeks in your business, Paco? Yeah, so um, you know, and I probably should have said this earlier, but you know, I do run in for those that are tuning in for, for the first time. Um, I run an MSP slash IT business here in uh, the West Loop of Chicago, so it's one area of downtown Chicago, and essentially we do help all small businesses lower than twenty users in a particular business. So. You know, our journey essentially is recorded on another podcast and on here just to kind of highlight our marketing efforts of what we're doing in a downtown uh, area to attract business to us. Um, But, yeah, you know, the last two weeks have been, uh, you know, business as usual, busy, busy. A couple of things to share, essentially, you know, um, as we talked about in my previous couple uh, episodes on this show, um, I finally put myself on payroll after being doing this two years fully in uh, full time on the business. So got my first paycheck on the 25th. So I actually have where my business now is paying myself. Um, so it was a little bit of a gratifying feeling just to know that, you know, not worrying about taxes, not worrying about all that. That's just being done directly there. So I have a QuickBooks uh, payroll to thank for that. Um, it also makes it really easy for me to pay all my contractors as well and keep track of all their uh, information and paperwork and things like that. So you know, I think it was like an extra four bucks or something like that. And now I basically direct deposit whatever they need. Once they do a payment for me and everything clears, I just do it that way. So no more trying to, you know, write out a check or figure out if I'm going to do it through like a, a Zelle payment or quick pay or, you know, things like that. Now I got everything officiated. Everything's good. Everything's tracked and, you know, not, uh, not having to worry about it so much. So, so we Very got good. that. So we got that going on. January has turned out to be not only um, our best month of 2019, but it's actually <laughs> been our best month for the history of the business. So, wow. um, yeah. Nice. So I know I mentioned this a couple uh, months ago where we had a month in October when I kind of updated some things and so forth. But yeah, this month actually surpassed that one. And, you know, we're just continuing going through um, some of the updates. We're simply just, you know, introducing new hardware sales, uh, adjusting margins making sure that you know we're not paying for the percentages that we're paying for credit card processing into the hardware sales so making sure that there's margin available for that and just introducing a couple other services and just upselling and cross-selling on other products as well so um it's really worked out for us and you know with all of this kind of happening i'm just so busy that i can't i find myself that i'm doing more work now and I'm working in my business that I'm working on my business. So as I mentioned, I'm planning on hiring a full-time admin in March, April. Um, but 
it's like three months from now and I need to help now. <laughs> you might so, need to speed that uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> so I spoke with the person who I'm actually going to hire um, as my admin in March and April. And we're going to meet in the next week or two. And uh, she'll probably actually work out to be a my virtual admin for now. Uh, probably three or four hours in the day. Take care of a lot of the back office stuff. And it works out too because then I can build out those processes. We can figure out what we need to do. And that'll at least give me at least four hours of time I don't have to mess with, bill, you know, all that sort of deal. I'm hoping to transition all that so I can continue to find the time to work on the business to bring the funds in. Yeah, I mean, that that made a huge difference in my business. Even just a couple hours a day, having someone take care of, you know, just the admin tasks, you know, client communication and billing and, you know, just some of the the tedious stuff that you got to do to run a business just to get that off your plate is a huge, uh, huge help. And, uh, and so, yeah, just even getting them there for a couple hours a day before you're able to bring them on full time should be lift a huge burden off your, off your shoulders. Yeah. I mean, me and you've talked offline about this a couple of times and just trying to understand, you know, what's the best right to do it. What's what, how should we do it? Um, and then just trying to just build that process, you know, for each individual person going, moving forward. Um, but as I mentioned before, with just all that kind of going, um, just busy, busy, my marketing is falling behind too. So I haven't been able to put out my weekly uh, articles that I put out on LinkedIn. As I mentioned, I'm trying to do more on LinkedIn and on um, on Facebook and Instagram. Didn't get the chance. Um, so now I'm scheduling my stuff during the golden hours. And I forgot what book it is. But essentially, there's a book that, um, that I read rec- uh, a while ago that there are essentially golden hours in a day where you can fully tune in and do the extracurricular activities you need to do that's outside of your business. Um, so in this case, for me, it's usually around six in the morning to about eight thirty or so. And so I'm trying to get myself out of bed, get into the office around six thirty, seven o'clock, have that two hours so I can just fully focus on that one day out of the week and really be able to just get that moving forward. So um, that's where I'm kind of figuring out for the marketing there. But that's where I'm at right now. And cool. yeah, that's pretty much it for uh for a lot of the stuff that we got going on with Prodigy Techs. Um, and yeah, that's that's what we got. Cool. Um, and then you're uh, on top of all that. You guys are also, you know, um, building up towards the uh, the tech con that coming up here um, in uh, uh, in September. Right. Yep. So we because, um, you know, I, lo- I love my CBMS uh, audience. I'm going to give you the first uh, hookup to uh, oh, yeah. of a sponsor we actually just closed today so what we're doing at TechCon Unplugged for those that don't know it's September 20th to the 22nd in Grand Rapids Michigan it is a IT business owner conference slash meetup where we're planning to have 100 business owners kind of get together be like-minded and really offer an all-inclusive experience you know similar to how a lot of us like to go on vacation and just have an all-inclusive experience there pay one price don't have to worry about anything else that's what we're trying to do at the TechCon Unplugged. So for the ticket price of $199, we uh, basically have an all-inclusive package. So essentially, once you buy your ticket, that pretty much covers not only the content and the entertainment that's going to happen for the uh, those three days, we're also going to include all the food and beverages that are there as well. So breakfast, lunch, and then we even were able to include the Saturday Night Social, which is going to be at Dave & Buster's, which is like six, min- six minutes across the street. It's going to be a great time, a lot of great content, and we're really getting a lot of community invested vendors. We're, we want people that are going to be 
interested in IT business owners growth and also in return, IT business owners that are going to buy into these services and products that are going to assist their business. That's why we call them partners and not really sponsors. So as we've kind of talked about before, we've had uh, TechLight Builder, we've had Magnus Box, and we had FreshBooks uh, sponsor uh, the convention. I'm here to say today that we actually got Freedom Voice and we have uh, the Compliancy Group um, to sponsor the uh, partner with us at the TechCon Unplugged as well. So for those that know know what Freedom Voice is, they're a VoIP provider um, providing VoIP telephony uh, opportunities for upsells for IT providers. And the compliancy group help with compliances such as HIPAA and so forth. So we got those two to come on board. And again, we do have quite a bit more that we are just working out the details. So expect a couple more updates as we kind of move forward to September, September 20th to the 22nd. Feel free to purchase your ticket at techconunplugged.com. Very cool. And uh, a cool little vendor called uh, Tech Site Builder is uh, helping to put together the website <laughs> yep. for this uh, for this occasion. Uh, and yeah, look, looks like we've got some uh, great sponsors lined up, and I can't wait to uh, see what um, what the topics are going to be. And uh, I'm going to be there hanging out with you all, so uh, looking to forward to all of that. Yep, and for those that haven't checked out the website uh, lately, we did update a list of topics that we will be covering at the convention, and kind of an an idea of what the schedule is looking like. So in case you're trying to figure out your flights, we got your uh, base schedules of what we got going on. Very cool. Um, cool. And I'll have the link to that in the show notes and it's there in Facebook as well. Um, so uh, basically, um, what sounds like you've been busy as usual and, and your business is moving in a great direction and love to, to see the successes you're having. Uh, and you mentioned about, um, you know, uh, you know, looking at your margins and, and increasing your margins and stuff like that. And that's a big part of marketing that we don't talk about is, is, you know, it's great to be marketing to bring in customers, but if those customers are, if your margins are so low, those customers aren't going to be adding to your profit and you're not going to be able to grow your business. So you always got to still pay attention to the financial side and, you know, the monetary side and the profit side of your business, just like uh, you do to the marketing and they go hand in hand. One can't work without the other. Um, yep. So like you said, you were focusing on the profit margin, but now you got to focus back on the marketing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a constant <laughs> right. back and forth, right? Yep. Cool. So, uh, so, so just a, a quick story in my business. So uh, part of the services that I do is I do a website care plans, uh, which basically means if you have a WordPress website, that uh, is a revenue generator for your business. And it's either, you know, we built it out or someone else built it out for you. It's, you know, custom, it's hosted on your own hosting. You've got all these plugins and stuff that you got to worry about. We'll take it on and we'll basically be your webmaster. We'll take care of all the updates for you. We'll, you know, keep it secure. We'll monitor it. We'll optimize it. And we'll continue to uh, look for opportunities to, to make it better. Um, so uh, one of our care plan clients contacted me. She's been a great... She's been great to work with, um, you know, very easy to communicate with and, and it always pays on time and stuff like that. Uh, she she uh, pinged me to let me know that she is quitting her job there and she's actually going off on her own to uh, do uh, online marketing because that's what her position was at this company. She was like the, the marketer for the company. And so um, she, you know, built out their website and then she had me take care of it for them. So she's going off on her own to do her own thing. So um she introduced me to someone else who's taken over for her position at her current company. 
uh, and you know said, hey, uh, here's the person taking over for me. I uh, just want to let you know this is going to be your new point of contact, and I'm I'm jumping ship. I'm I'm heading out. She didn't use those words, but I'm heading out. And so the first thing I thought of in my, the back of my mind, because this has happened to me before, where someone who I had a great relationship with a, at a company left, and then they they put me in, in touch with this new person that I have no relationship with. Uh, so they don't know me from the next guy. And a lot of times they're under a lot of pressure to impress the boss and say, okay, I'm new in this position. Let me shake things up and change things around and stuff. And so it's happened a couple of times in the past where that's happened. And the new person who came up ended up uh, you know, stopping the service that they had with me because again, because they just wanted to, you know, try some new things and stuff. So that's always a risk when you have someone like a new point of contact come in to, uh, an established business relationship. Um, so, and, and actually someone who's watching the live video now, Colleen, um, she's another fellow graphic and web designer. Um, I was talking to some folks in our industry about that and, and she chimed in that like, Hey, well, you know, instead of just trying to keep the same thing going on. Why don't you reach out to this new person, you know, get on the phone with them, talk to them about exactly what you're doing for the company and talk about the benefits of what you're doing and just kind of reestablish that relationship with the person and kind of put out that extra effort. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's, that sounded like a good idea because in the past I had just, you know, kind of let things continue as they were. And someone new came on and I'm like, okay, great. I'll send the invoices to you instead of this other person, instead of kind of reselling yourself, getting back on the phone saying, Hey, you know, nice to meet you. This is what I do. This is the benefits of it. Um, and so I did that earlier this week and it, it went really well. It seems like uh, she's on board with it and she's super excited to be working with us. Um, and you know, it, it's so far so good. So I thought that was just a good reminder that sometimes these can happen where, you know, your point of contact with a company that's been working out well ends up leaving. And then you've got to kind of, uh, almost reestablish that relationship with a new person. And if you could put in that extra effort with that new person that can go a long way. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Like you said, it, it's, it's so much harder when you have to kind of pull all that data and really try and Hey, look, this is what I've been doing for you guys. This is why we're awesome. This is why, et cetera. So that's why I always say try and uh, notate what you can beforehand. And then just so you can have a case and scenario like, hey, look, this is what I what I did for you guys. Um, but you know, I'm open to whatever new services and et cetera. Um, I had to do actually something similar where I had been volunteering my time to um a nonprofit. And, you know, it got to the point where I'm so busy now and a lot of the trouble tickets and calls. They started, they were one of the top um, clients that I was providing service to. And I was volunteering my time and all they were pur purchasing was the software, excuse me, the software that was part of uh, our agreement. But now that we're getting busier and things like that, and I don't want to provide them less service because, you know, I'm volunteering my time for them. So, you know, we've been right. in discussions back and forth. And that was one of the things was pulling that data um for them so they can make the adjustment and just understand because you know it may not be in their fiscal year um it may not be in the budget so you know these are things you got to keep in mind where as you're kind of presenting this you got to kind of know some of those details and then two just kind of see because again i don't want them to have to uh go to another service but in the event that it's not a great fit it's one of those where you know you got to do what's right for you but having that data is most important as you're trying to get that to present. Right, exactly. Yep. Uh, so as, be as prepared as you can, have as much information as you can, and go that extra mile. 
and a lot of times you can you can salvage that relationship. So we're kind of droning on here because our our guest disappeared. <laughs> uh, he fell off the Zoom call. Um, so I'm hoping he'll be able to jump back in uh, and uh, and and join us because uh, I was really looking forward to talking about what we're going to talk about. So um, in this case, uh, I think what we can do is um, I think we could maybe take a look at the uh, computer business marketing uh, Facebook group and see what folks are talking about there. Well, I actually have a tech site builder question of the week. Let's do it. That's right. um, No no worries. So um, I've been in the middle of updating our tech site builder website right now. And one of the things that came up um, when redoing the slider, um, I know that this has been a contested question, but um, one, do you feel that the slider, uh, a slider provides value? to a visitor coming in if there's multiple images for a slider and what should you really use for the slider for both the desktop and possibly mobile if you keep the mobile slider going on because you know a lot of times we'll have that slider and it looks great on a desktop but when you have it on mobile it's not the greatest so you know what can what's the happy medium of both whether it should be more images that has less text um you know should there, the call of how should we really um demonstrate or, you know, really present the call to action for both right. because, you know, mobile is really where a lot of that organic growth is happening. Yeah. And and you asked the question perfectly because uh, you always want to keep mobile in mind. And a lot of people don't when they're thinking about the cool things they want to throw on their website, they're thinking about, you know, their website on a desktop computer and, you know, they want to have animations or, you know, huge images and all this stuff going on. And they don't think about that, Oftentimes, maybe even a majority of their customers are going to be visiting the website on their mobile phone when they're on the go. They got something coming up and they just want to search really quick on their phone and they're going to bring your website up on their mobile phone. So you want to kind of almost think mobile first when you're thinking about the design elements and the functionality that you want on your website. So make sure that anything that you is it super important that you want to make sure that people see that it's um it's gonna it's gonna translate to a mobile screen. So a lot of times when you put um uh, like images like th- that are banner images almost that are very um that are very short but wide, mm-hmm. um, those translate to when they shrink down to to being very narrow, the the height and width goes super, super tiny, so you can't even see it anymore. So a lot of times if there's a banner image that you can see on the the full screen, it shrinks to like you can't see it at all uh, on a mobile phone. And that's why a lot of times uh, modern websites you see when you visit on your desktop, they have almost huge like full width images filling the whole screen. And that's because they're thinking, you know, okay, when someone watches this on their mobile phone, that's all going to shrink down and, and be, you know, in a nice compact space. Uh, so that's that's the first thing. If you're going to have a slider, just make sure that you're thinking about what it's going to look like on mobile that it does look good on mobile. That's why in TechSite Builder, we give you the option to hide the slider on mobile because a lot of times what you put there isn't going to look very good on the mobile phone. So you might just you might as well just want to hide that. Um, for us in TechSite Builder, the the reason we give you the slider to begin with is it's it's a kind of a good way to introduce your services to folks and give them something 
that that can change depending on when they're viewing the site or they can scroll through some of your services and stuff. But it's not really meant to have your most important information. We have your most important information in the header, right? It's your address and your phone number and maybe your social media links and, and the name of the business. And then the contact form is a little bit further down. So all of those things are, are things that should definitely stay. Uh, but the slider, um, you know, it's, it's a judgment call for sure. But um, I, I personally would, would rather hide it um, on the mobile, on a mobile phone. And then as far as what to put in the slider, um, for me, I, I want to assume this is just something you could assume with websites in general is that, um, the, anything that's, that's not visible right away is not going to be seen. So if you have, you know, slider two, slider three, slider four, just assume that those are not going to be seen and it's it's cool that they're there and if they if someone sees them great but it's that first slider that's going to be the thing that people see they're probably going to scroll past it really quick so you want to make sure that your message is hitting home and then some of those secondary or tertiary sliders can have a lot of times I like them to have the same information just presented in a different way so for mm-hmm. example you have your you know your um unique value proposition in the first slider whatever that happens to be, let's say it's your friendly neighborhood computer guy for me. Um, that's your, your slogan or your unique value proposition in your first slide, the slider scrolls to the second slide. It says the same thing, but maybe it's in the upper right with a different picture and it kind of changes it up a little bit. Um, that way, if someone was scrolling and they come back to the top, they're not seeing like your, your fourth slide, which has to do with like some service that you don't really care about. It's still the Mm -hmm. main point that you want to get across just maybe in a different visual way to, to kind of change it up a little bit. Um, so that's, that's something you can do with the slides. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, just assume that someone isn't going to see the rest of the slides and focus on the first one. Also, anytime you do anything, like if you have drop downs or if you have, you know, if you click it and, and something slides out and slides in, assume someone's not going to do that. And so make sure your important information is visible and not hidden behind animations or anything like that. Uh, it's good to have those things because it helps encourage people to interact with your website, but you just want to make sure that your most important information isn't hidden because, you know, on mobile or on the desktop, if someone's busy or in a rush, they're they're going to skip by that stuff and not know to maybe reveal it if it's hidden and they're going to miss that important information. Gotcha. So hopefully that helps um, helps you figure that out. Yep. No, yeah, it, it aligns exactly what I was thinking. So um, the first page was going to basically, the first image of the slider would lead to our landing page for managed services. And then the second one was actually going to go to our about us, which is like the prodigy sex difference. And okay. essentially it's both, but it will essentially lead on, hey, find out information about us or information about us, just in two different uh, variations for that. So Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. So uh, let's let's hop over into the Facebook group and and pick a couple uh, topics that are being talked about over there. So uh, one person, uh, let's see, was talking about um, this is kind of interesting. So he uh, struck up a deal with a cell phone repair shop to utilize them as a drop off location. And so he's asking other people, for those of you who have used a drop off location in the course of your business, can you share your experience and any helpful advice that might help me avoid any pitfalls? That would be greatly appreciated. So Paco, did you, I know you, you had, you, you played around with drop-off locations or, or d- different delivery methods. What, what did you find were some lessons learned through that process? Yep. 
I did this quite often for the first three to four years of our business, uh, which I just now realized in eight days, we hit six years. Um, so yeah, I did a, so I did a drop off location, but I didn't do it in the, uh, fashion. I believe what he's referring to is partnering with another business, um, to use your address for. Um, what I did was I partnered with a co-working space, uh, Regis, which now I'm in one of their sister locations. But what I ended up doing is they would come and drop off their equipment. The front desk would have the paperwork. They would have the user fill out the paperwork and then, um, they would hold the laptop for me. Um, so a couple pitfalls you want to take a look at is one, you know, if a rep from the, so it depends on what you're paying. Right. Or if the partnership is, hey, I'll refer you to, you know, if there's cell phone repair um, jobs, I'll have them come and I'll refer them over to you. If they're PC repair jobs, you bring them over to me. Um, the one thing you want to make sure is you have that agreement in writing because a handshake agreement may be nice and dandy, but all you need is that they're not getting enough jobs from you for cell phones, but then. You know, you're they're, you're going gangbusters because they're giving you a bunch of PC jobs. Right. They can a take the jobs for themselves, and then you're kind of out of a problem because you don't know if dro- computers are being dropped off for you, or b, um, you know, they may want to redo their agreement with you, or you kind of have to find another location. So that's one. Two is, um, you know, are they giving the paperwork to the client to fill out, or is one of their staff filling it out? Because if they have customers coming in. Are they going to treat your customers with the same type of priority slash if it takes up too much of their employees time, they may say, look, this is, you know, we're going to have to charge you a little bit more because it's taking up our employees time to fill out requests for your uh, customers. So like for Regis, it was like $15 for every 12 minutes or something like that, or $12 for every 15 minutes that they did something, which is why I always had the customer fill it out because it's not them doing any work. They literally are accepting it like as if it was a package being delivered and being held. So that's how I got that loophole around for that. Other thing to worry about or just to think of is make sure you're very transparent with your clients. Let them understand that, hey, this is the address. This is, you know, X store, but we partner because we have an area in there or whatever the case may be. Um, Just make sure that, you know, as you're advertising, things like that, you make sure to let them know that it is a drop off location. If there is a client that calls in, inform them it's a drop-off location because sometimes they're going to want to talk to someone when they get there. And then you're going to have the inevitable walk-ins as well, which it's up to the cell phone carrier to say, hey, have you spoke with, you know, in this case, the, uh, the guy who posted the um, post on the computer business marketing uh, group is, you know, have you spoke with him? You know, you want to build a procedure that says you're going to want to give him a call because it's appointment only or, hey, you know, this is kind of the process and let them know what the um, the process and like the diagnostics and the pricing and things yeah. like that. So it can be a more fluid conversation and it builds trust with the customer because you're not physically there. Right. Because you, you've got to get those logistical questions down because, you know, this this drop off location is going to be almost the face of your business. Yep. And you want to make sure that they know how to handle situations. And if questions come up, um, you know, what, what are they going to answer? And, and uh, is the customer going to have to fill out a form and how do they do it? And all that stuff needs to be kind of taken into account 
ahead of time. And I'm sure if it's a cell phone repair shop, I mean, they, they have their own procedures and maybe you guys can kind of share, you know, trade notes and, and help each other out uh, on that aspect. So it's not like it's, it's a totally foreign concept to them. I think this would come into play more if it were like a, a copy and print shop or some kind of shop that doesn't do technology repair. Um, it, it might be a little harder for them to wrap their head around it. But uh, it, it, the, the businesses are, are so closely aligned that it, it's probably a lot easier for you to do that. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that I didn't have the opportunity with, but since I'm here, I'm actually looking into, I use Synchro MSP for my stuff, but, you know, it has the backbone of Repair Shopper, which is very computer repair and, and cell phone uh, focused. And, you know, what you can do is essentially if they allow you to, and if you have the funds to be able to do so is I'll see if they'll allow you to have like a little check-in kiosk. And, you know, I think Repair Shopper has a freemium uh, account that you can get in there. I would say pay for the monthly service or look at, um, I believe Busy Bench um, is also starting to really uh, uh, pick up. Check out uh, uh, Jeff Hallish's Computer Repair Podcast for an interview that they did with them. They actually just re-updated all their pricing. But, you know, build a kiosk out of the tablet. They should have a kiosk mode check in, fill out their information and maybe have like a drop off basket or something like that. Something you want to talk to them to see if you can get some real estate in their store that hopefully will deviate from having to rely on their staff and it'll be fully updated with your stuff. So that way you can get notified electronically when someone does a drop off. And also it helps, you know, just build that fluidity of engagement and, you know, figuring out the logistics from a drop off perspective. Yeah, definitely. So that that's something to definitely explore, and I think that's great because Timothy in the chat who who posted that is a is a one man shop. He works out of his home. He actually has a full time job, so he's do, doing this part time. So it's great to try to you know partner with someone to have a drop off location. So if you know someone needs to drop something off during the day or when you're not available, uh, they can do so, and then you know you can have a smooth uh, smooth transition. Cool. Um, another post I wanted to uh, talk about, which I think is really interesting, is from our friend Dave Greenbaum, who said, um, he's, uh, this is what he said. He said, I'm starting to up my sales game and pre-sell the next service call at the time of the existing service. I've played with the workflow and I'm uh, going to say when collecting payments, something to the effect of, would you like to buy your next service call now and get a 20% discount and then have them write the check for the amount of both calls? I think it will be a win, but I'm wondering if I should give them like a gift card for that service or a certificate or a postcard. You know what? I, I like the idea of leaving behind something so they know they bought something tangible and they remember who we are. It will be something of value they won't lose or forget about. And then asking us on what our thoughts about what he should leave behind. So first of all, that's that's an interesting idea just in general is to try to pre-sell uh, the next service call while you're there on the current service call. And I think that makes sense because while you're there interacting with them, um, it's a lot more easier for them to say yes when they're in front of somebody. And this is a sales technique, right? Where you try to close the sale when you have the person in front of you um, instead of like letting them leave saying, oh, I got to go home and think about this. That's like a salesperson's worst nightmare because as soon as they leave, they're going to convince themselves not to buy it. So you want to keep them there, convince them to buy. So why not, you know, as you're doing the service, as they're interacting with you and having a pleasurable experience saying, hey, you know, why don't we go ahead and get your next service call booked? If you pay for it now, we'll give you a, a percentage off. Uh, and this kind of comes into play 
with proactive maintenance. So this, you know, you might be there to fix an issue, but then you can say, hey, do you want to avoid an issue like this in the future? Let us, you know, schedule a, a maintenance call in the future, pay for it now, we'll give you some percentage off. And, uh, and then um, you can secure that future relationship right there and then. And there was some discussion in the comments about, you know, why don't you just take it a step further and sell them on a maintenance plan? And then uh, Dave was saying, well, this is for those times when the person uh, has been resistant to the maintenance plan. Um, this mm -hmm. is a way to kind of get them to convince, commit to that next service without needing to feel like they're, you know, committing to a, a contract or something where they're going to have to keep paying month over month or year over year. It's just, oh, this is just the next call. You know, we'll just come out for the next appointment. And it's a, it's a lot more, it's a lot less pressure, I guess, on the customer. And, uh, but it's good for you because you're, you're getting them to commit. What are your yeah. thoughts on that, Paco? Yeah, it's an interesting concept because, you know, like you said, it's not a managed services. It's not a prepaid block that you're selling them. You know, you are selling them that next visit, you know, and how do you um, establish that? So it's kind of the, you know, hey, buy this and add an additional item here, you know. Almost because like an upsell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's one of those where, you know, I think it's pretty great. Um, as far as what to leave behind, you know, you can get creative, but you know, it depends on how much money you want to spend on it. Right? right. You know, you can, you can go to buy, um, gift cards that don't really have anything on it. You just print something on it for like, you know, 20% off next service and have an expiration date on it or something like that so that they're not holding on to it forever. Um, and then, you know, that there's a time frame. Hey, they got to cash this in in 12 months if they don't cash it in 12 months they just you know you keep the money that's good you know, i like just, that yeah you know and go from there you know you can also do where if it's a discounted service you know like a gift card or something like that like hey you know it's 20 percent off um the value of the service if it's past the 12 months hey we'll apply that value that you paid and then you just got to pay the difference so you can do something like that because like groupon and amazon right. local does that as well where you know, you buy, you know, I don't know, a $30, $40 uh, Groupon, but if it expires up to five years, you can use the value of it toward whatever it is, you know? So. Right. But, and, and I think you can even avoid that by, um, you know, actually scheduling the next call while you're there. So, yeah, too. you know, saying, Hey, because the, the problem with that, I think that method is that, you know, it's, it, it's, again, it's letting them leave without making a full commitment. So maybe they did purchase the gift card, but then they leave and they forget about it. And, you know, I, I forget what the statistic is, but it's like some huge amount percentage of gift cards never actually go unused because people, you know, lose them or they have them and they forget about them. And, uh, and so you, you don't necessarily want that to happen because even though they did buy it, you want to continue that relationship and, and have them keep coming back for more. So to try to schedule, actually get them to commit to a, a time for you to come out six months down the road or whatever it is um, can, can be a huge win. Yeah. And that's a good point, you know, and that's how you should always do your sales is if they haven't given you an answer or they haven't given you like, Oh, we'll get back to you or whatever. Um, or if you do sell it, all right, let's schedule this right now. So you can take time, and out of your schedule for, you know, three months from now, four months from now. And now it's a known, you now you have the, you know, it's in the customer's head that, Hey, this is happening. And it kind of helps makes things a little bit easier too, for it. Yeah. Uh, and actually, um, see, uh, Steve had a good comment. He said, I do my own version of this. Uh, it's one tune up an hour of prepaid time 
and a year of AV all for one price. And it's for residential. And the first year he started it, he got eight people to sign up for it. The second year, all of those people renewed. So that's a good, um, that's a good statistic. And then that same year, he got six more. So he's currently at 27 people who are paying him for this annual kind of tune-up, maintenance, and then maybe a little bit of prepaid time. Um, and he said it's a nice cash injection at the beginning of the year or any time, really. Um, and he uses Marketer on Repair Shopper to send the blast periodically for that service. So it's a gotcha. cool, cool spin on it. Uh, cool. Let's see. Let's let's do one more here. Um, this one's from our friend uh, Ramey Bell, who is the owner of Tech Reputation. We've had him on the show before, and they've been a sponsor as well. Um, he he had this kind of cool idea where um, the end of life of Windows Seven is coming up, and so between now and then, uh, people are going to be upgrading to Windows Ten. And the difference between Windows Seven is Windows Ten is a pretty big one. If you know you didn't do the transition with Windows Eight. You're going straight from seven to 10. There's a lot of different things that are going on and they're going to need to have some training on that. Um, so he found uh, what's called uh, private label rights videos, which are videos that aren't branded. They're kind of like white labeled and you can use them and resell them in your own business as your own videos. Um, so he put a link in the, in the group and I'll put the link in the show notes to where you can get those private label rights videos. And they're basically windows 10 training videos. So you can grab um, uh, 20 for 11.95 or um, 20 advanced videos for 37. So that's 40 total, 40 total videos. And then what you can do is take those videos and put them like on your website. Uh, WordPress has a way to password protect pages on your website. You can put them on a password protected page. Or he even goes as far as saying you can get some like membership uh, program software that's out there um, that you can create kind of like a membership, you know, club thing that people can log in and watch those videos. And that's a great uh, either upsell um, or something you can, you know, throw into your managed services packages as kind of a a bonus. Um, But I think that's great to look out for those kind of, um, you know, types of training videos that you don't necessarily need to do yourself. You can just, you know, buy up a bunch of uh, pre-recorded ones, throw them uh, in some kind of, you know, uh, gated login page that people need to log in to access. And then that's, that's a super great upsell or just a value add for the stuff you're already doing. And then, Hey, you can even record your own. Um, that's something that I've done a few times in the past is record my own training videos, um, sell them. Uh, and the cool thing about selling training videos, unlike when you have to go out and do an in-person class is, you know, you don't have to you can scale it to infinity, right? You can have unlimited people coming in and watching your videos whenever they want instead of, you know, needing to schedule a time, needing to have people show up and then you need to show up and all that stuff. The pre-recorded training videos are a great, great way to, um, you know, get your expertise out there and then have it available for anybody who wants to either pay for it or access it through using your services. Yeah. That would be interesting for uh, like a social media push yeah. to try and figure out as far as, you know, yeah, hey, you can, this, you, you know, can so, release like some of them for free on social media and, and get people interested and, and then say, Hey, if you want to see the rest of these videos, you know, sign up for my mailing list that it could just be a, yeah. a lead magnet like that, or, you know, you can charge something for it. Um, but yeah, I, I, do, I like using that kind of stuff as a lead magnet personally, because, you know, you, you offer all this great value and then, you know, all they need to do is give you their email address. No big deal. 
but then you can grow your email list of people who are interested in learning Windows 10. And you know, those are the type of people who are probably going to also be interested in learning other things or want, you know, help with their technology. So that's a, a great way to uh, build up your mailing list. Cool. Well, um, I think that's going to uh, wrap it up for this episode. Uh, you know, rolling with the punches <laughs> as we always do. Um, but there's always something to talk about with marketing and uh, something to, um, you know, chat about. It's it's never ending. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. Um, do do want to mention our, our second sponsor? That's Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder uh, is where we will craft blog posts for your computer business. We get to know your business and we write the posts in the voice of your business. And uh, our, our, our posts are written for your customers. So they're not full of technical jargon, but they explain the services you provide or topics related to the services you provide in a very accessible way. So people want to continue to read your blog posts or subscribe to your newsletter or, you know, subscribe to you on social media to see whatever the next blog post is you're going to release. So uh, it's a great service to, to just get those coming through on a consistent basis. You can have us write two or four um, blog posts per month for your business. And then we can also, on top of that, we have optional social media posting options and video options so that we can uh, take that blog post we wrote for you and convert it into a video so that you can throw that on social media or on your website. And that'll really keep people engaged with your brand. And uh, like we talked about with the Windows 10 videos, um, give them something of value for free so that they're like, wow, hey, if, if this guy, if these guys are given all this awesome value for free, they must really know what they're talking about and they must provide excellent service. So they'll be that much more likely to uh, sign up with your services and be a customer. So all of that is the goal of Tech Blog Builder is to write posts that convert visitors into customers for your business. Check that out at techblogbuilder.com. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to join us in the Facebook group. Uh, we talked about some posts that were in the Facebook group. A lot of cool discussions going on over there. Just search for computer business marketing in Facebook or uh, go to techsitebuilder.com slash group. And that'll forward you straight to the group. And we can't wait to see you there. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. And we'd love to get your review. We haven't had one since December. We did get a couple in December. So let us know, you know, if you're listening to this in iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere, hop on there. Give us a review uh, and let us know what you think. You know, just give us a shout out. Let us know if there's anything we talked about that helped you in your business. Uh, we love to hear your stories and all of those reviews do help us get found in those platforms. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Site Builder and Tech Blog Builder. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying stay warm and here's to your success. Mm -hmm.